On the record, flips to the B-side. We have it from the day we're born until the day we die. It may change, but it's always with us in one form or another. I'm Mia Lobel, and this month on B-Side, what's in a name? Why are our names so central to our identity, and why does it bug us so much when people get them wrong? As On the Record flips to the B-Side. My name is Leah Cassidy Chapel Stingley. My name is Don Weaver. My name is Paula Pereira. My name is Glennis Hoyshard Anderson. My name is J. Patrick Parks. My name is Manolito Montego Twyman II. My name is Tierra Shawnee Horton Brewster. Jim Myers. James Kim. Claudine Zapp Friedberg. Michael Anthony Rubio. Patrice Loretta. Juan Cruz. Christina Herrick. Benjamin MacLingo III. Ren. Nicholas. Tracy. Isaac. Miriam. Grace. Janet. I'll add my name to that list. Mia Rachel Lobel. My mom says I was either going to be Mia or Rachel, so they chose both. I often wonder how I would have turned out if I had been named just Rachel. I think I might have been less dramatic or more Jewish or just, well, not Mia. I'm happy with my name now, but I have to admit I spent a good part of my preteen years asking my friends to call me Cindy. Why Cindy? Well, I guess it was some sort of defense against neighborhood rivals who insisted on calling me Mia Pia Diarrhea. Ugh. Some names are just so unforgettable. Bond. James Bond. Lucy! I'm home! Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! Hello, Newman. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Greetings, Kermit the Frog here. These famous names have become so much a part of our culture that it seems impossible that an ordinary person could take one of them on. I mean, have you ever met a guy named Kermit? Well, actually, I have, and it was kind of awkward. But famous or not, our names are who we are. Maybe that's why we get so upset when our names are mispronounced. I can never let it go when people call me Maya Lobel. It's Mia Lobel. In theory, it shouldn't be so hard to say Rose Hoban either. But as she found out, even the simplest names can get thoroughly mangled. I have an easy name, or so I think. Even still, people seem to have trouble hearing it correctly especially over the phone. Hi, my name is Rose. No, not Ruth. Rose. Like the flower? For some reason, people hear Ruth. I don't know. But it turns out I've got it easy compared to some people I know. Usually I'll say, um, my name's Ophelia, and they'll say, what? And I'll say, Ophelia, and then they'll say, what? And then I'll say, Ophelia. Oh, Ophelia. Okay. So my name is Bruce Gerstman. First, I'll start to G-E-R-S-T. I'll stop there. 
and I guess by then they just finished doing Bruce. So they'll say, okay, so G-U-R, what's the rest? And then I'll say, it's actually G-E-R-S-T, and they'll say, um, S is in Frank. It's happened my entire life. It's this phenomenon that I find particularly amusing where someone will ask me my name, and I will say, Elisa, and they say, can you spell that? Sure, A-L-I-S-A, Elisa. Literally, I say Elisa, and the second later they say, okay, Elisa. You know, like it just, it doesn't work in their brain, and, and I, it is the most frustrating thing that I just sort of like laugh, like, oh, of course. You know, like I just answer to Elisa now. My name is Marisa Mariscal. Marissa is like nails on the chalkboard to me. It's really not my name. It's not any type of identifiable culture to me. And so Marisa is very much an outgrowth of my name, my personality, who I am. I think that it's a validation of who you are and for people to have the respect to give you your correct name. That's how I view it. So, I mean, I'm not going to go around correcting everybody because I do get my name just slaughtered. But if I am introduced as, let's say, Marissa, I will always say, hi, my name is Marissa. Nice to meet you. I always had to make sure my name is out there correctly. Usually when people ask me, I just say, well, my first name is Mabel. It's exactly like Mabel, except I pronounce it Mabel. Um, if, if they want me to spell it, I'll just say it's Mabel as in Mike Alpha Bravo Echo Lima. Last name Tampinko, Tango Alpha Mike Papa Indian November Charlie Oscar. This is how I spell my name. It's K as in kite, E as in egg, C as in cat, H as in hat, I as in igloo, A as in apple. And for my last name, it's a hyphen. It's Smith Grand. So S-M-I-T-H hyphen G-R-A-N like Nancy. And still nine out of ten times it's wrong. It's pretty sad. So I guess I have it relatively easy. For B-side, I'm Rose, like the flower, Hoban. H-O-B as in boy, A-N. No, not Hoboyan. Hoban. Just like Hogan, but with a B. No, not Bogan. Hoban. And they call her a name that they never get right And if they don't know, nobody else will But she used to have a carefree mind of her own With the devilish look in her eyes Saying you can call me anything you like But my name is Veronica Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Nerm, or Nom, or I'm not really sure to tell you the truth. My name is so unusual, even I don't know how to say it. In my formative years, at the crucial stage of development, I pranced around the schoolyard fantasizing I was a courageous adventurer named John, Tim, or Steve. Man, I wanted to be normal. I wanted to tell people my name and not have them respond what did you say? Noah? Yes, I say, like Noah, but with an M on the end. An N on the end, they say. This happens so often that I've begun making restaurant reservations under the name Osama. The funny looks I get aren't any funnier than if I went under my real name, but it's better than having to deal with the inevitable question, what did you say? 
Norman? Sure, Norman. That's Norm if you like, whatever you want. Can I please just sink into a morass of anonymity? I come from a shy family. We didn't make waves. My father watched the Super Bowl solely because they were going to talk about it in the office on Monday. Having a distinctive name is okay, but I'd prefer one that conveyed a certain panache, like Romeo or Hercules. Something masculine, powerful, unlike my name, which means, ready your barf bag, pleasant. Which was sissy enough without the dyslexic public school administrator who placed me in junior high girls, Jim. What did you say? Naomi? What were my parents thinking when they gave me a name with no standard English pronunciation? Maybe they wanted me to retain a strong Jewish identity against the tide of assimilation. Or maybe they wanted to wreak existential havoc on their middle child's psyche. Only my immigrant parents, who have yet to embrace the joy of the diphthong, pronounce my name as in its original Hebrew, Noam. It has a certain ring to it, no? A certain ring, as in the alarm bells going off in your head saying, Hey, this dude's a big Jew! I prefer not to wear my yarmulke on my sleeve, so as long as I can remember, I've been pronouncing it like most other Americans, either Noam or Gnome. Occasionally, some well-intentioned newcomer will ask me how many syllables I prefer, not knowing that this innocent inquiry burdens me with metaphysical angst. I don't know which way I prefer. All I know is that either one is better than... What did you say? Gnome? Like those pointy-hatted creatures that live underground? I suppose that when it comes down to it, on the one hand I want to be average, and on the other I would hate to have a name as normal as Norman. So for B-side, I'm either Noam Birnbaum or Noam Birnbaum, whichever one you prefer. Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much to Ma and me, just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him cause he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke and it got a lot of laughs from a lots of folks. It seems I had to fight my whole life through. Some gal would giggle and I'd get rid and some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head. I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue. Johnny Cash sang about life with an unusual name, and clearly it's not so easy. People with different names have to come up with all sorts of tricks and shortcuts to avoid getting blank looks when they introduce themselves to strangers. Dave Gilson brings us the story of a guy who had the opposite problem. My name is Greg Smith-Simon, Gregory Smith-Simon. I've known Greg for more than 10 years. His last name, Smith-Simon, is a recent addition. When he got married a couple of years ago, he and his wife Molly combined their last names into a new one. They consciously decided not to use a hyphen. As Greg sees it, hyphenated last names are like nuclear waste, a problem that we create today and then pass on to our kids for generations to come. Hence the name Smith-Simon. One word, ten letters, no hyphen. It looks a little like Smithsonian. But for Greg, this wasn't just a matter of creating a new family name. It was also a chance to leave an old name behind. I recently called him at home in Brooklyn and asked him what he used to be called. I was Greg Smith, or Gregory Charles Smith. And what's wrong with that name? (laughs) Um, Well, not too much is wrong with it, but I guess the real problem came when we figured that we were going to be having kids and 
I wanted to have the same last name as my daughter, and my wife made it abundantly clear to me that she wasn't going to become a Smith. So the the last name Smith, it was a little too boring. Uh, a little too boring is right. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what my wife said, but um, something along the lines of, I'm not going to be a Smith. I'm not taking that name. I think the word boring probably entered into it at some point. Did you ever meet anyone named Gregory Smith, or did you just feel that there were other Gregory Smiths out there? I met quite a few Gregory Smiths. Um, the only one that sort of set me to thinking that, that I maybe didn't want to be one of them or that there were too many um, was when I was a kid and uh, was in church and this priest, this visiting priest comes to talk to our little class and uh, it's Father Smith and he says, and what's your name? And I say, Greg Smith. And he said, do you know what my name is? And I said, Father Smith. And he said, and what do you think my first name is? And I said, oh, I'm cringing. I said, I don't know. He said, I'm Greg Smith, too. You could be a priest just like I am. And I thought, huh, I wonder what other names I could pick up. So now that you've come up with this really unique, non-hyphenated last name, doesn't it come with its own set of problems? It was definitely a big change going from Smith to Smith Simon. I'm still getting used to having a name that not everybody knows. I mean, I remember a family I knew growing up in high school, their last name was Igorin. Whenever they ordered pizza, they would call up and place an order for Gordon because everybody could spell Gordon. Um, so we're sort of trying to figure out what we should use in place of Smith-Simon when we've got a pizza order in. Well, th- does Smith ever pop into your head? I don't know. I, I'm sort of worried about using Smith. I, I feel like, you know, like that would suggest like I'm not happy with my new name and, and everything. So I feel like, you know, maybe I should use something else. Do you have a New York phone book handy? Uh, I've got a Brooklyn phone book. Okay, that's close enough. I was wondering if you could just open it up and look up how many Greg Smiths are in the phone book. Sure. And in area code 718, uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven full pages of Smiths. Um, well, we've got a Greg Smith at 32 Orange Street. We've got a Greg Smith at 500 Prospect Avenue. We've got a Greg Smith at 687 St. Mark's Avenue. That's halfway through because there are another four Gregory Smiths. Uh, so all in all, we've got uh, eight Greg Smiths in Brooklyn alone. Can you look up how many Greg Smith Simons are in the phone book? Sure. Let's see. Smith Simon. Um, Smith Simon. Yep. It's just us. You're listening to KALX 90.7 FM. Stay tuned as On the Record flips to the B-side. You're listening to B-side. I'm Mia Lobel, and this month we're trying to figure out what's in a name, how they define us, and why people monogram things. Now, I don't have my initials monogrammed on my pajamas, but I do have a towel with my name on it, and some t-shirts, and plastic boxes, rulers, pencils, even a plastic penguin. These were all custom-made gifts. People painted my name on things because they couldn't find the prefab tchotchkes in any cheesy tourist store. Yahira Castro has the same problem. My name is Yahira Castro, 
and right now I'm at Fisherman's Wharf and I'm looking for my name. I'm gonna check out stores and find out whether or not any of these places have my name. I was born in Jersey City, New Jersey. My parents are from the Dominican Republic and when I was born, my godmother was watching a telenovela and she was so into it that she decided to name me after the main protagonist whose name was Yahaira. And everything marched along really well until I went to kindergarten. And that's when I found out that Yahaira is not like Samantha like Sandy, like Sharon, or Rita. I was unusual. I was something to point at, have a conversation about, almost freaky. All right, we're coming up on a store. They're selling little license plate tags for $2.99. And I see Allison, Andrew. Let's go down and see if they have any Y's. Valerie, Vanessa, Wendy, Vic... Victor and Zachary! I should be right between Victor and Zachary, but I don't see any Y's. And I'm just going to keep on looking. I started looking for my name when I was a teenager. I was 13. My parents took me to an amusement park and we went into one of their little gift shops and they had an entire wall of kitchen magnets with names and I started looking for mine and I couldn't find it and I felt like I was in kindergarten again and I was learning English and people were making fun of my name and all of a sudden I remembered how out of place I am. Every time I come to a place like this, I look for my name. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, but I have to pause and look for my name. It's to belong. It's to feel like I'm like everybody else. I'm not different. It's not like I want my name on this crap. This, I find most of it really ugly and it's not like I would put it on anywhere in my house but I want to feel like I walk into a store and I'm like Alice, I'm like Amanda, I'm like Andrea, I'm like Carolyn or any of these other girls. I'm just like them. I'm normal. I know I'm never gonna find my name. No matter how many places I go into, no matter how many kitchen magnets, keychains I look at, I'm never going to find my name. But I have to keep trying. I mean, it's like I'm looking for me. I'm looking for mainstream America to have noticed me. My name is Jill Krause. 
My first love, her name was Marcy, Marcy Jill Stein. We dated for about three years, and even though we're not together anymore, we've stayed in touch. This past spring, Marcy told me that she was transitioning from female to male. Anyone who doesn't know what this means might think she's having a sex change operation. But I've learned that it's about a lot more than just surgery. Changing your gender is a process that takes time. Time for a series of doctors to sign off on your mental and physical stability. Time for hormones to affect your body. Time for you and your friends and your family to adjust to your new self. And among many other changes, it takes time for people to start calling you by a new name. We hadn't seen each other in over three years, but once I learned that so much was about to change, I wanted to reconnect to this person I had once known so well. So I asked Marcy, she was still going by Marcy then, if we could get together. She came to visit me in Brooklyn this past summer, just as she was starting to be called he, and he told me about his new name. Nathaniel Mars Stein. Nathaniel came from, it's from Hebrew, it means gift of God. And that, at the time that I was looking for names, struck me as really appropriate, not because I think I'm God's gift, but <laughs> because I just felt, and this, I just felt so happy. Like, this is, I'm finally saying, like, what I am is not only okay, but it's great, you know? Also, it's the name that my mom would have named me if I had been born a boy. And I like it. When I first went to see Tom, who's my therapist, you know, he, there was like an intake form, and it was like, you know, name or whatever, and I wrote legal name, Marcy, name of choice, Nathaniel. And um, when I got into the office, he was like, oh, would you like me to call you Nathaniel? And I was like, uh, I guess, I guess you should. I guess I should get used to it. And he was like, all right. And he just did, and it was awesome. Like, it felt really good because he had no baggage. You know, he had no, like, history of Marcy to undo. It was great. A few months later, I saw Nathaniel again. In the time that had passed between our visits, he had gotten used to his new name. Some of his friends, however, were taking some time to adjust. Why is it so hard to change what you call someone? They still sort of feel like calling me Nathaniel is like pretending, and they're uncomfortable like making believe with me, like because that's what they feel like it is, and they feel like they still know really I'm a girl. And so it makes them uncomfortable to, like, act another way. I don't mind. I mean, I don't love it, but sure, people make a mistake. Like, you know, I've done it. What kind of circumstances have you made mistakes in? Um, When I was interviewing people to live in my apartment, a couple of times people came over. um, People just stuck out their hand and introduced themselves, and I said, hi, I'm Marcy, because it's just so, I'm so used to it, you know? And, like, that particular feeling of, like, introducing or shaking a hand and saying, hello, I am, in response to someone else. I had never done it before using Nathaniel. It's not like I have any difficulty, you know, that I'm not sure who I am or whatever. It's just, like, habitual. It was a little uncomfortable for me, too, the first time I called my ex-girlfriend Nathaniel. And I would mess up all the time. It was like there was this ping-pong game in my head. I thought Marcy, but I knew I was supposed to say Nathaniel. But it seemed so perplexing. But it's what he really wanted. But it was such an effort. And so there was this awkward pause while I watched the ping pong back and forth. But spending time with him throughout this process has helped me transition too. It took a few months. But now, when I think of this person, Nathaniel comes to mind immediately.
Jill Krause lives and works in New York City. just fits. Case in point, I went to college with a guy named Simon Strange. And he was. Strange. That's the kind of perfect fit that bands strive for. A name that has the right tone. Something that's simple and catchy. Matt McCleskey has some experience trying to come up with the perfect band name and has this advice. I've heard a story that the Commodores found their name by opening the dictionary to a random page and pointing at a random word. They got lucky. The Commodores is a cool name. But leaving it to chance was dangerous. As the story goes, if they pointed a couple inches higher, they could have been the Commodes. I always loved that story. But then I got to thinking, the Commodes would actually be a pretty good name for the right band. So I did a quick web search. And sure enough, in Colorado, there's a group of punked-out teenagers performing as the Commodes. A band needs a name that fits the group, but that's also catchy and memorable without being stupid. It's a hard thing to come by. Just glance down the live music listings in the weekly paper in any city in America, and I guarantee you'll find a treasure trove of ridiculous names. Here, let's take a look. Bad Wizard. Library Goth. Unprovoked Moose Attack. I'm not making this up. There's more. Drunk Stuntmen. God the Band. Mooshu Porchestra. Ooh, here's a good one. Dingleberry Dynasty. They're actually playing a good-sized club. Having the right name can mean everything for a band. It doesn't matter if the music's great. If the name is lame, you might attract a small cadre of loyal fans, but superstardom is out. The same thing goes for solo performers. Think about it. Elton John is huge, but what if he was still Reginald Dwight? His fame would have blown out. Reginald, of course, is not unique. Huey Lewis might have said it's hip to be square, but apparently even he thought Hugh Craig was just a little bit too square. Iggy Pop sang about a lust for life, but James Osterberg sounds like somebody with a lust for selling life insurance. Freddie Mercury was born Farouk Balsara, for real. And before Bob Dylan was Bob Dylan, he was Bobby Zimmerman from Hibbing, Minnesota. The list goes on and on. Shania Twain was born Eileen Edwards. Alice Cooper, Vincent Furnier. Gene Simmons of Kiss. Simmons was raised as Eugene Klein, but was born Chaim Witz. Whether you're a solo act or a band, when you need a new name, there are plenty of places you can go for inspiration. 
You could delve into literature for the perfect combination of words, or if you want to risk it, you could try the dictionary approach, like the Commodores, or you might want to check out the Band Online Name Generator. It's a website that spits out band names as fast as you can click your mouse. A lot of them are pretty bad, but they're all fun. Lost in Odor, Naval Voodoo, Southwest Varicose Ointment, Silken Ethel. Who knows, it's quite possibly where Unprovoked Moose Attack got their name. The options are endless. But if you still can't come up with a good name, then I guess you're out of luck. Uh, actually, strike that. Out of Luck's already taken. It says here they're playing next Tuesday. Matt McCleskey is a freelance radio producer and musician based in Washington, D.C. This selection comes from his band, the Bowwater Beals and the Evil Bull Weevil Boys. That's all for this month's edition of B-Side. Our crew this month is Dave Gilson, Lissa Mudd, and Claudine Zack. Tamara Keith is our senior producer. Our theme music was composed by Dave Kaufman. If you want to learn more about B-Side, check out our website at b-side-radio.org. That's the letter B and the word side-radio.org.